Asian American people and voters in this country are furious about the Supreme Court decision. They're overwhelmingly pro-choice and really have a deep understanding that many abortion restrictions will disproportionately impact themselves and their communities. Welcome to the Ronan Project podcast, a show about Asian Americans in politics rocking the boat, breaking the rules, and taking on the big fights. I'm your host, Bill Wong. Buckle up, it's time for Ronan's to Roll program. Hello, Ronan Nation. We've got an awesome podcast for you today. We're so excited to have Roshni Nedungadi on the show with us. She is the founding partner at Hit Strategies, a national democratic public opinion research firm based in Washington, D.C. Hit Strategies provides polling research and strategies to national political heavy hitters on the left like the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, Planned Parenthood, and the AFL-CIO. Hi, Roshni. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. Let's get right into the topic of the day, the political impact of the Supreme Court reversal of Roe v. Wade. You've written a couple of interesting op-ed pieces about how Asian American voters are impacted by this decision. Link to these pieces are going to be in the show notes. Can you kick off the show with some of your main findings in your research? Absolutely. So really, to put it very simply, Asian American people and voters in this country are furious about the Supreme Court decision. They're overwhelmingly pro-choice and really have a deep understanding that many abortion restrictions will disproportionately impact themselves and their communities. Really consistently, Asian Americans over-index on the belief that abortion should be legal. Pew did a poll recently and found that 61% of Americans overall believe that abortion should be legal in all or most cases, and 74% of Asian Americans believe that this is the case. So really over-indexing there compared to Americans overall. And these numbers are even higher among Asian American women. At HIT, we recently did a poll with URGE, the Center for Reproductive Justice for Young Folks. So we did a poll of 18 to 34-year-olds around the country, and here too, young Asian Americans were over-indexing on their support for abortion access. 77% believe that protecting abortion access is important, and 70% were very concerned about the Roe decision and Roe being overturned. Amazing. Did you find any nuances in sub-ethnic groups or age differences or even geographic differences in your research? We found a lot of nuances, small nuances, I would say, in gender demographics. So Asian American women were more likely to support all abortions being legal. Not as much difference in geographic diversity. And that was true actually over all young people. It didn't matter whether they were in blue states, purple states, or red states. Pretty consistently, young folks wanted to see an increase in abortion access or an increase in protections for abortion access. And the same was true of Asian Americans. In terms of sub-ethnicity, there also actually wasn't that much of a difference between lots of different AAPI voters. And we were even in focus groups recently, specifically with a lot of Catholic Filipino voters who, even though they asserted that they personally did not believe in abortion, they were not willing to go as far as to say it should be illegal or that women should not be allowed to make their own health care choices. So even among different sub-ethnicities, even among religious Asian Americans, we're seeing uh, the same trends hold. Wow, that's amazing, particularly because 
Filipino community is one of the, the largest populations in a lot of states that really matter, like Nevada and California. I don't know if you saw recently, but five new red to blue candidates in the congressional races are in California, and and some of them have pretty large Asian American populations. And there's going to be parallel with, say, the the Filipino Catholics with regard to a lot of the Vietnamese Catholics. I think that that might be out there, particularly among younger age groups. Absolutely. You know, I've been in politics for 30 years, and I can't tell you how excited I am to see an Asian American woman with a successful polling firm producing research on voters of color for powerhouse political organizations. Can you tell us about your journey and what kind of challenges there still are in what is pretty much a male and white dominated industry? Yeah, and thank you so much. Your support has meant so much to us uh, over the last years. We started Hit Strategies three years ago, myself and my business partner, Terrence, because we saw this lack of representation of young people and young people of color specifically in the polling world. It seems like so often when people do research, people of color as one big lumped group is relegated to a single crosstab and then broad assumptions are made about people of color generally in the country based on the research. And so we wanted to disaggregate that. Among people of color, among Black, Latino, and Asian voters, but also among different types of Asian voters, sub-ethnicities, different types of Black voters, Afro-Latinos, or Black voters who live in Midwestern states. And so that's what we've really been focused on doing over the last three years. And we're so lucky to have partners around the country, clients around the country who are interested in doing that work, too. I think a lot of it comes out of the simple fact that the Asian American population in the country has grown 35% in the last 10 years, and it doesn't look like the growth is stopping anytime soon. And so these are reliably Democratic voters. I think two out of three Asian American voters voted for Democrats in 2020. And so investments have to start being made into these communities to understand what are their voting motivations? What are the messages that really resonate with them? And what do they want to see politicians accomplish over the next few years? And so we're really glad to be a part of that work and, and glad to be helping the Asian American community find their voice in politics. That's so important. And I think that just having the data available to the community is super important. One of my pet peeves about being in so many different polling meetings is that you talk about the development of the instrument and somebody produces the instrument. And when I read the questions, I can basically tell the age and the ethnicity of the person that wrote it. The problem that I feel as a, a practitioner is, is that when the instrument is designed that way, when a respondent gets the question, they quietly know who's asking the question and that taints what their response is. Is that the same experience you've seen? Yes, absolutely. I, I mean, to the point that even we've started being more inclusive with some of our gender questions, some of our race questions, even including more options for folks to self-report rather than be put into their own categories. And we haven't seen any meaningful drop-off in response options. Though we've heard of a lot of people voicing concern that, you know, it may come off as too progressive, some of the questions that we're including specifically around these demographics. But really, it's the way that the country is moving. People are identifying different ways, and we need to be more inclusive with the questions that we're asking. So I think you're spot on and changed a lot of the ways that we've 
phrase things and ask questions because of our lived experiences and because of the way that we've read those polls and understood them to be somewhat offensive or not inclusive. So we've been operating off of that. One of the shocking stories I read recently was the narrative about a lot of the DA races and the DA recalls out there. One of the things that I did see in the San Francisco DA recall is that they didn't poll in Chinese, which if you're in a campaign for a DA who's running against a recall in San Francisco, which is probably one of the most Chinese places on earth, why would you not poll in Chinese? And how can you even develop a legitimate strategy if you don't poll in Chinese? Yeah. And it's a tough question because it's very expensive, both to translate, but also to have live phone callers be able to administer the poll in different languages, but it's essential. Like you're saying, if we really want to understand what's happening in cities with large Asian populations, it's essential to make those investments and, and do the translations. And I think it's important for the Ronin Nation and everybody who's listening to this also understand that we've been in this business for a long time and it's not about resources. We see money wasted all the time. So when they say we just don't have enough money for Asian research or an Asian campaign, a lot of it's just bullshit. You do have to make choices, but ultimately, if a huge segment of your population is Asian, then you really have to do that research and you have to do the outreach. I know in all the campaigns that I've been involved in, there was never a question about not doing stuff in Asian languages because that is the majority of population that's out there, but there still is a lot of resistance. Is that your experience as well? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's harder for smaller candidates who are working really hard to try and cobble together the funds that they can to run in these congressional districts. So I understand from their perspective that it's often more difficult to put in these funds, but there are so many large organizations that should be stepping in to help cover some of those costs. Yeah. I think Asian Americans are struggling to, after all this API hate, are struggling to embrace it, a coherent political identity. I mean, we have a coherent business identity. We have a coherent academic identity, but we don't really have a coherent political identity and, and they want to engage the process in a more impactful manner. How do you think we can bridge that gap to become a political force to be reckoned with in a state and national elections? That's a really great question. and. I think it's important to acknowledge how powerful Asian American voters have been in previous elections. Like I was saying in, in 2020, uh, two out of three Asian voters who went out to vote voted for Democratic candidates. And 39% more Asian Americans voted in 2020 than in 2016. And this was the largest increase among any demographics in the United States. And so we're starting to build our political identity, but now it's time to start to come together as a cohesive community, like you were saying. But I actually think that we are seeing Asian American voters beginning to develop this better sense of political identity and unity, specifically that came out of Trump's hate speech, honestly, it came out of a lot of the anti-AAPI sentiment to COVID and Donald Trump, and then also accentuated by the Atlanta spa shooting and Indianapolis shooting of Sikh folks. So there have been a lot of cohesive, unfortunate incidents that have brought the community a lot more together than in the past. A morning consult poll actually from last year showed that 21% 
of adults were more likely to identify with the broader AAPI label than they were pre-pandemic. So this is really a big shift in Asian American identity. And I think that we should capitalize on that and really focus on messaging to the community that, that speaks to the community as a whole and accentuates the power that we have, the voting power that we have as a community to make change. In that light too, like how important do you think it is to see on the national spotlight people like Congresswoman Judy Chu, who's getting arrested for civil disobedience on the road decision and Asian American electeds like Pramila Jayapal or Stephanie Murphy's closing in the January 6th hearings. How important are those images and being able to see our people at the table for Asian American voters? I think it's so important. And I'm so glad you brought it up because one of the things that we've been hearing from Asian American voters around the country is that they just feel that they are being overlooked. They feel that they don't have the necessary representation in our government. And so people aren't paying attention to their community and their needs. But we do have so many examples of fantastic Asian American leaders on all levels of government. I think we just need to be sure to make sure that their message is getting to the voters and that they're seeing examples of these strong leaders who are advocating for their communities and make sure we're putting resources into those kinds of communications, like showing Stephanie Murphy's speech to the community and making sure that they understand that they do have representation in government. Of course, we should be increasing it at the same time, but making sure that they understand that there is representation there. People are looking out for the community. There are moments where I have this completely unreasonable fantasy that the Asian American community in the United States mobilizes their $1 trillion in spending power and decides to spend a portion of that into building political infrastructure instead of relying on somebody else's political infrastructure or instead of trying to go to other organizations and say, hey, support our efforts to become politically empowered because we have all the resources and all of the human resources that we need Mm -hmm. in order to build that infrastructure. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, we've seen over the last 10 to 15 years organizations that are focused on the Black community, organizations that are focused on the Latino community, and very grassroots organizations that are building voting power in their specific communities. We're just starting to see over the last three to five years, these organizations pop up for Asian Americans in areas where there are lots of Asian American population. And I'm hopeful that we'll be able to invest our resources into those organizations and continue growing that vote power there with them. Yeah. Are there any hot Asian American races or candidates that you're watching this cycle? Well, one of the ones who are following very closely is Secretary of State election, Bean Nguyen. We know that Georgia is a hugely pivotal state with the Senate election and the governor's election, but also the Georgia Secretary of State, since she's running against Raffensperger and hoping to protect voting rights for all voters in Georgia. So definitely following her. I know that she's also been endorsed by the API Victory Alliance and NARAL, really keeping a close eye on her race. Also following 
Asif Mahmood and Jay Chen in California, who are running against two incumbent Republicans. And so hopeful that they could get their message out and flip those seats as well. In full disclosure, I'm a donor to BWIN. I don't really know her, but I've become one of those Asian American rage donors that when I see an Asian American candidate anywhere on earth, uh, I will just send a check, probably much to the consternation of my wife and my humble pension income that I have now in retirement. I mean, it's also amazing to see, you know, Michelle Wu in Boston and Mm -hmm. Yulene New, who's running in New York. There are actually five Vietnamese Americans who are going to be elected to, I think it's the Washington State House. And it's just amazing to see so many out there. I live in California, so, so a lot of times I take for granted the Asian population, but to see so much talent all over the United States is so inspiring. Yes. Any last words of encouragement for the Ronin Nation out there? I would just say the fight to protect abortion access is not over. In fact, it is just beginning. It's going to be moving into the states where Asian American voters are going to be making some of the biggest difference in close elections, in decisions where the margin is very small. Asian American voters in states like Georgia, California, Texas are going to be the difference makers in these states. And so sticking with the fight, not giving up hope and coming together as a community to ensure that we're protecting abortion access, I think is going to be really important moving forward. And I'll add to that, that means volunteer if you can, or even better yet, go online and donate to those Asian American candidates that are running. Well, thanks so much for being a guest on the Ronin Project podcast. Such a fascinating conversation today. And congratulations on your third year anniversary and the success of your firm. And best of luck to you this election cycle. Thanks for listening in, Ronin Nation. Join me next week for a conversation with Lala Wu from Sister District and Maria Aoyama Leninger with the Democratic Legislative Campaign Committee to talk about Asian Americans running in state house races and more on the effort to protect access to safe and legal abortion. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. If you are inspired by the exploits of the amazing Asian American badasses on the Ronin Project podcast and want to find out how you can learn more about politics or help Asian American candidates, click on the link in the show notes to join the Ronin Nation's national progressive movement to inspire, organize, and empower Asian Americans. Until next time, Ronin's Roll Program.